welcome back. This is Fantastic Pains and How We Hide Them. I'm not Chris. And I'm not Karina. And neither of us are Summer. No, but I am. And she's also not Kaylee, who's here. Yeah. <laughs> Kaylee's a hand. <laughs> Kaylee's just a hand. It's a hand puppet. <laughs> Where you been, buddy? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, welcome, first of all. Um, this is our sibling duo podcast with friends. Um, about life with chronic illness and chronic conditions, including mental illness um, and boop, 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 neurodivergencies. There you go. There we go. You got there. Got it. <laughs> sort of. Jeez. <laughs> we're all a little draggy today. Yeah. But we're working on it. We're trying. So we have an interesting topic today, though. Yeah. You want to tell them what it is? Uh, we're going to be talking about misrepresentation for everything condition-wise mm-hmm. um, and how you can be treated um inappropriately <laughs> by doctors and all the fun all the lay people in your lives yeah, yeah. the not normies because we don't use that term anymore no not normies <laughs> they're the temporary temporarily tempies. able-bodied yeah the tempies yeah tempies there you go um so where can they find us oh uh pretty much every podcast podcast platform except for apple Still and on, that one. on youtube mm-hmm. you can watch us yep and if you're into the funnies, you can go to TikTok or you can join the conversations um, at our Discord. Mm-hmm. And always, always feel free to leave us a comment. We read every one of them um, and we always get excited when we do. So if you like it, like it, uh, maybe share with anybody else in your life. And uh, we hope you're subscribed so that we can welcome you to the family. <laughs> <laughs> the family of trash pandas. Yes. Which is what we identify as, by the way. Um... Anything else before we move into our time for the weekly recap? Check in. Indeed. We did kind of a recap yesterday in the live. So I'm like, I don't really know what to go over. But we could be quick, I think. Mm, well, I, didn't, I didn't talk about my, my week at all. Oh, go for it. I didn't do anything. <laughs> That's why like, there's you nothing left to go me over. out. I have nothing. Like, we didn't really talk even yeah. like throughout the week. It was just lots of fatigue Uh and struggling yes like all that that new expansion came out i was supposed to play it all week barely touched it. couldn't get into it no yeah burned out (laughs) and i wanted to socialize too but Mm -hmm. i just couldn't my week was just crazy work is crazy and then i have been running around on like dislocating ankles Mm -hmm. still forever continually um and then oh my pelvis has been really bad so I did something and tweaked something, and now stuff is running wild inside of my body. It's horrible. Um, yeah, I think that's mostly it. Mm-hmm. So not a whole lot. It was a crazy week, but not too crazy no. at the same time. Not, not enough to make the weekend Not enough bad. to, like, talk about. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There was a lot, but it was, like, work stuff and mm-hmm. then coming home and being super, super tired. And then barely making it through the week. But you did it. Oh, yeah. And then I got yeeted by a kid. Oh, yeah. That was fun. I, uh, the kid just like turned around behind me or something. She was like, I don't know if she was walking backwards or what, but she turned around and just sent me flying and I like landed on the ground. And that was cool. So I had to do a, like an incident report about it. And then they were like, are you sure you don't want to go get checked out? And I'm like, I don't know. And so I got in my car and I relocated my elbow and I was like, I'm good. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then my shoulder wouldn't go because it was so angry. Mm. But 
we're here and we're alive and it's fine. Yeah. How about you? Ooh, it's been a lot. Um, as far as like weekly stuff goes, uh, it's been an okay-ish week. I had a bad seizure episode mm. Monday mm-hmm. uh, and shook for like 15 hours, which is a really cool, fun thing that my body does a lot of the time. Um, but I am officially going to the epilepsy monitoring unit in a oh, few yeah. weeks and I get to stay for five days and I got all my paperwork and stuff but I had to call them because the paperwork that they gave me was very vague it was like you can bring stuff unless you can't bring it and I was like I don't know what that means yeah, what are you, <laughs> so what, are you, what are you trying to say <laughs> so I called and I was like can you just like clarify what this is going to look like and they were like it's going to be rough and I was like cool <laughs> you're going to hate it please explain and basically I check in and that f- they're going to most likely take me off all of my medications mm-hmm. because the whole point is to trigger seizures which is super fun mm. so I'm just going to be hooked up to like 25 leads on my head and two on my chest to monitor my heart rate and, and they're keep you awake for a long time yes because they were like we want to see if sleep deprivation is a trigger and i was mm. like it is and they were like cool you can sleep for four hours the first night and we're gonna see how you do and also look at a strobe light and also try different sounds and also try different frequencies and i was like all of these things we're gonna overstimulate like, you until you see yeah. yeah it's gonna be great and they were like you're probably gonna be shaking for most of the week and i was like great i can't wait fun um, but it's the, this is the first time that anything has happened in any kind of direction. Yeah. Because they're taking it seriously. And like, I've been having these since I was 12. So it's been like over a decade. Mm. And this is the first time a doctor is like, this is weird. We should go and do some testing. Let's figure this out maybe. And hopefully it'll, there will be some kind of result. And they basically were like, we're not going to let you leave without at least knowing what the next steps are going to be. So even if we, for some reason, can't find anything, like we will at least know what it isn't and we will know what we're doing next because I can't keep doing this. Right. It's hard and it's bad and it hurts my bones. Yeah. Um, Are you still doing trauma processing with? Yes. So I've started official like CPT therapy for specifically PTSD and how's it going it's hard it's a lot of like because the entire point of it is to retrain your brain so that you don't latch on to the trauma pieces and that you can like actually like put a line of separation between mm-hmm. what happened and what your reaction is mm-hmm. which is great and cool but also is really really draining cuz a lot of it is like hey why don't you Talk about all of the things that you... Because it's all stuck points. It's yeah. all just like, mm-hmm. bad thing happened. You have stuck points that you fixate on. How can we take that stuck point and actually break it down to whether or not it's realistic for you to feel that way? Yeah. Which is helpful, but I feel like a lot of the processing happens not in the therapy session. Mm-hmm. And it's like interfering with sleep and it's interfering with nightmares and it's interfering with all of these things. And all of it's very normal, which is what my therapist keeps reminding me. And he's like, you're doing a really good job. It's just, this is hard. And like, it's supposed to be hard. Mm -hmm. So we're like roughly halfway through of, of what like the CPT manual has. So I have like another six or seven weeks, but 
He said, depending on kind of where I am, especially since we're going to have at least a week interruption because of being in the hospital, Yeah, we might have to extend it, which is fine. But I'm this week I'm working entirely on like patterns of problematic thinking, but specifically in regard to like, can you shift those patterns to have other thoughts and how much do you believe the thoughts and how much, and we're, like, it's a lot of working on genuine versus manufactured emotions. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of trouble with that. And I think part of the trouble I have with it is because I'm on the spectrum. Yeah. So I had like a really long conversation with him the other week. Cause I was like, I don't know what's real. Like I base a lot of my like reactions to things and I don't do it consciously anymore. But like as a kid, I learned how to mirror and like mimic. Yeah. And he was like, so you don't know if the things you're feeling are actually how you're feeling or like, and I was like, no, I don't know if it's real or if it's what I'm supposed to be like presenting. Emoting. Right. Yeah. Like, because what is the, what is the societally appropriate response to whatever the thing is? So yeah. I had to like break that down for him, which he understood, but he was also like, this is out of my wheelhouse and i was like i get it but also when you ask me if something is real or manufactured this is why i don't have an answer for you Mm -hmm. like i need you to understand that i'm trying to learn how to identify these things after spending 24 years just watching the way other people do things and being like okay you're crying we should be crying i'll also cry and then it'll be fine (laughs) like so yeah it's that masking that you learn how to do really young and it stays with you and that's why like it's so hard to get women or people born female to diagnosis because mm-hmm. it doesn't look like the way it looks in our boys. And I took the rads online for for fun and my like camouflaging and masking and mirror and mimic were like off the charts high. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like, oh, you've learned how to pretend to be a person mm-hmm. to like make people not think you were strange and it's really hard for me to like break that down. Like I can unmask around a certain group of people and like I can unmask around you mm-hmm. and I can unmask around Lulu and I can unmask around Danny. Yeah. Beyond that, it starts getting dicey just right. because like if I'm totally like not worried about being perceived, it's fine. But I have a really hard time with allowing myself to not worry about what people are going to think or say or respond to. So yeah. no, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and your neurologist approved a pretty hefty leave, which was good. Yes. Because at first, because so the EMU stay is going to be a week, mm-hmm. they think, because they don't know for sure because it's different depending on the person, but like 75% of people are there for five days. Right. So yeah. it could be, I get to leave early, which is very not likely. It could be that I have to stay for a full seven days. Yeah. It's going to depend on what they can get and like if they feel like they need to do other testing as we go. Mm -hmm. But my neurologist at first was like, yeah, you can just take that week off and then come back that following Monday. And I was like, there is no way. Right. Because you're going to shake for a week and then be good to go on Monday. Well, and even if it was just that, like they're taking me off of my meds yeah and i'm gonna have to do a readjust even if they don't give me any new meds like i'm gonna have to readjust to being on an ssri Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna have the zaps there's no way that i can be back and functional like that next week yeah and i was like listen hr at work is telling me to take three weeks like a week for the process and two weeks for recovery yep and 
I I would rather do that and I can afford to do that because it's going to be about the same amount that I'm making right now for having to not be at work however many times a week. So she she was worried at first because she was like, well, is it going to interfere with your job? And I was like, too late. Right. Right. So she signed off on it and was like, if you feel like you want or can go back sooner, I can sign a release and you can go back like a week earlier. But right right now the plan is that i'm going to be off for those three weeks for being able to recover and if they need to do more testing or if i have to let go and get cat skins and stuff done because they basically said that it's going to be really like they'll be doing labs and they'll be doing tests like that kind of testing but anything that is going to require me to super leave my room yeah they're probably going to hold off on just because it's going to be so many leads to have to detach and reattach and right. Yeah. All that stuff to be Mm -hmm. a pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm glad that it's coming up and they actually have some direction. Yeah. Cause that is such a pain in the ass when they're like, I don't know what's wrong with you. Bye. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. Because like when I had the heart stuff and they were like, it's not going to kill you. Don't know what it is. You're super weird. See you later. Well, that's yeah. that's what it was when I had all of the heart stuff that I had as like a little, little kid mm-hmm. because they were like, oh, your dad has tachycardia. He's alive. So you should be good. <laughs> right. I know your resting heart rate sits at 130, five-year-old Jeez. child, but like, it's cool. You were See a hummingbird you at birth. Later. <laughs> because my resting is still really, really high even mm-hmm. on the beta blocker. And yeah. my neurologist was like, that could also be factoring into all of this. And I was like... Yeah, I'm sure it is, but nobody's yeah. given a shit. Mm-hmm. Like right. nobody has everybody's just kind of been like, but you're a lot you like you have a job. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the frustrating part is they have this like d- disabled people should at least try to work. But then if you're working, clearly you're not disabled. That's the thing. And I'm yeah. like What? <laughs> what? There's and no it's winning. because there's no way to because it's you should you should give it a try because if you don't try, then you're like feeding into it and you're letting it control your whole life yeah. and be your whole life. And then you're like, cool, I'm working, but I need accommodations to be made so that I'm allowed to like work without killing my entire body. Right. And then they're like, but that's selfish. <laughs> Taking wow. care of yourself is selfish. OK, and we don't do that around here. You can't you can't take care of yourself. That's silly. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Does we want to do a weekly recap? I don't really know. <laughs> That's me all the time. I'm like, I don't remember what was yesterday or three weeks ago. I've been unemployed for several months, so everything is the same all the time, always. It's Blur's Day. That's what we call that. It's, it's Blur's Day. <laughs> Blur's Day recap. Blur's Day recap. <laughs> How are you doing? Let's do that one. Okay, I guess. Yeah. If I'm alive. Yes. I've been forgetting to take my meds. I'll go like a week without taking my meds and I won't even realize it until I'm like all headachey and feel like I'm going to pass out. I'm like, something's not right here. Yeah, I've been doing that too. Take your meds. Well, I fall asleep too early. Oh, I've had that happen before. Right? Like I've been falling asleep around six. Dang. Yeah. And then then I'm up all night, of course, but... It throws off my entire rotation. I mean, rotation. at least you're sleeping. Yeah. That is something. So, gift horse. Mm-hmm. I have a tracker on my phone that, like, not even, because alarms on my phone don't work because I will snooze them, but I have a little 
like bullet journal app that has a section that's like do oh, you yeah. have any habits that you want to track and i'm like i need to track if i took my meds because otherwise i will just be like did i take those mm-hmm. <laughs> like i've yes. i've tried like in january doing like just a bunch of habits on a piece of paper and then checking them off if yeah. i did them and then I just stopped doing that. <laughs> Couldn't build that habit. Um, that happens. But I have, I have like a pillbox that's just like one week, mm-hmm. and oh, so you I only have two pills, it but it's so that I can, yeah, see if my pills are still in the box for that mm-hmm. day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm like I... twenty pills in the morning, and twenty at night, and then thirty at midnight, yeah. and then forty-five like, more, and I'll, really, just, I'll just show you guys what our pill containers look like. <laughs> yeah, I have to take oh. like seventeen <gasps> pills every ten minutes Jesus. throughout so have... the day. <laughs> I love these. These are amazing because they're labeled for the days, mm-hmm. and they have the four slots, which is nice. And then I just take these with me. Yeah. When I leave the house, and so I have my meds on the go, and hopefully sometimes I can stop doing whatever I'm doing at work and take my meds on time. But that doesn't happen very often. No, no because Where most I'm like, of the no, time... I'm doing a thing and there's a child who needs me and I can't get back to my room right now or, or, mm-hmm. or, or. Because your alarm will go off on your watch and you'll be like, hmm, well, don't have time for that. That's right. not happening. <laughs> that's cute. Alarms don't do anything for me. My husband keeps saying, he's like, no, some more alarms, some more alarms. And I'm like, I'll snooze them. I'll just literally look at it and nothing. turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> like, keep they doing mean, what I'm doing. They mean nothing to my brain. My brain's like, eh. oh, well, there's that I'm thing like, that oh, happens in the middle at of a weird time mm-hmm. of the day. <sighs> yeah, no. Habits. Yeah. I don't do that well. I have all the executive dysfunction. But yeah. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. He's just staring at me. So I'm like, um. I'm just, I'm um, ready to get into it. Um, okay. Because it's. It is a really good topic, and I'm excited. And you wanted to do this a couple weeks ago. I did. Well, yeah, when we you were struggling with dealing with the, the tempies. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> um, temporarily well. Right. One day it'll catch up to them. I don't know if it will. Because you were like all week you were messaging me and you're like I can't I can't they just don't get it. No. And I'm like I know they're not yeah. gonna get it. Yep. Just have to figure out how to exist in their world. Right. Well, and it's like. So they sent me traveling and I got back and I spent just, so it was, it was a three day weekend Mm -hmm. that weekend, which is good. So thank God for that because I would not have made it otherwise. Um, And then it's just a lot of like, and then she went to work and then at work you have to like either pretend to be normal so that you don't make other people uncomfortable or make other people uncomfortable and then get angry because they're uncomfortable. Right. And that's where I lie is like, I'm not going to mask for you anymore because I've had it with masking. And if I don't like live genuinely, I will be unhappy and everyone around me will be unhappy because <laughs> that's how that works. Right. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we're talking about dealing with the well people um, and starting kind of with. Do you want to do misrepresentations in media or do you want to jump into our own interactions? I don't have a lot of great examples for media. Mm. I mean, you pulled up some, like I generic think, ones, but. Yeah, I think if I can jump in, yeah, I absolutely. think we should absolutely. do our experiences first. And then if we end up doing like an after the break, I yes. think that'll be good for media Quite representation. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Okay. So we'll just jump into kind of dealing with the well people as far as it goes with our experience um, and some of the things that we've had to face and like 
muscle through or teach other people how to deal with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because sometimes you find your people. Um, but other times you're surrounded by people who are like, I don't understand why you can't just like take some Tylenol. Yeah. And you're like, Kaylee. <laughs> no. I, can't, I don't remember. But I have a headache and I forget Tylenol exists. Me too. Jen like, does there's that too. a solution. So, like, what? You can I take have a headache things. and it's like, have you taken anything for it? I'm like, I guess that is an option. Huh? <laughs> I, have a, I have a good example of this from today because I oh, was yeah. talking to a friend and I was like, He's like, so what are you what are you doing today? And I was like, well, I'm gonna go film a podcast. And I was explaining what the podcast was because yeah. this is a fairly new friend. And I was like, yeah, it's about like living and existing with being chronically ill in a world that's not made for chronically ill people. And he right. was like, are you are you sick? Are you sicker than I thought you were? And I was like, no, it's like what I've talked to you about, where yeah. it's just like my body doesn't do the things that bodies are supposed to do. And I shake and I have pots and mm-hmm. I have these things that I deal with. And it's hard to be in a world that doesn't accommodate those things and he was like well when you call it chronic illness it sounds like it's terminal and i was like it is it is like it is a terminal thing like this is what i'm it will go on until i die it's gonna keep going and Mm -hmm. just keep being a thing and he was like well but it sounds like way more serious that way and i was like i i understand i understand what you're saying it is serious (laughs) but it is serious Mm -hmm. and it is like a, a thing that I'm going to be dealing with for the foreseeable future until somebody figures out how to cure pots. <laughs> like, it's not... <laughs> Could you imagine the day when they cure pots? Right. You can just exist? I don't have to pass out three times a day? What? You don't have to. I mean, as long as we still get the choice, because I kind of enjoy it. You know, like... It's like that girl who's like, passing out feels good, and you're like... <laughs> what? It makes me feel alive. What? <laughs> I was like, were you on drugs when you passed out maybe it was the drugs that felt good because i don't passing out does not feel passing good. out mm-hmm. sucks so bad oh. it hurts you're sweaty you you're don't sweaty know what's going on mm-hmm. and confused and like and people around you are scared and yeah. you have to comfort them because that's they're irritating. freaked out mm-hmm. and it's like i'm the one who just lost consciousness why are you doing this yeah yes i get the shakes when i black out too so i, yes. I turn into like just a giant mess and the kids watch it and they're like, you okay? Are you okay? Oh, and no. like, I'm not there. To and they be keep like, at, oh, yeah, yeah. like are you okay? Anything. What's going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, uh. Well, that happens. Back and- well, that happens if you have to have floor time at work. And mm-hmm. I typically try to get myself there. So when people are like, is she? And I'm like, she's fine. Go she's away. Fine. Go away. <laughs> I am monitoring her heart rate. I'm monitoring Just if point she's flushing. And laugh. Just go That's do the your correct thing. response. Yeah. Is you point, you laugh, and then you leave. That's that's what I need from you people. They're like, that's mean. And I'm like, I don't care. Then just walk away. Right. Follow the rules or go away. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. No, especially when it, like, that day last year, I think, when I was super tacky and people kept walking in trying to do something about it. And I'm like, it just has to pass. There's nothing you can do about it. And then the nurse asked me what I needed and I just went, death? Because, like, don't try to talk to me while I'm all tacky and passing out and laying on the floor with my head or my legs propped up I'd be like can I do anything for you no I want you to go away and then she was like are you suicidal I was like no <laughs> I'm committed to being here but if death is like on the table like as an option like it's awfully tempting <laughs> well that's because this new friend that I've just been talking to I was like trying to explain on Monday like mm-hmm. I've been shaking for 15 hours and he's like, you haven't gone to the hospital? Oh and I'm like, God. 
I need to train you to understand. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, because uh, here's the thing. A Tempe, if they shake for more than five minutes, is going to be like, get in the car. We have to oh, go yeah. to the yeah. hospital. But like, 15 hours? Okay. Like, well, it's shitty and bad, but also it's my week. Right. Also, like, they act like it's this great option to go and get checked out when yeah. it's not. Because how many times have we seen people on, like, TikTok where the doctors are like, don't come in for chronic conditions. This is for emergencies only. Your chronic illness is not an emergency. And so so what are your options? You deal with it at home because you know what it is and it's fine. Mm-hmm. It just sucks. Or you go to the hospital to be ridiculed, called a faker, called a liar, like told that you're out for attention and then reprimanded because your chronic illness doesn't qualify for help because you're med seeking or because you're whatever the thing. And it's like, cool, then I'm just going to stay at home. But then it's like, no, but you didn't go to the doctor. You didn't have a doctor look at you in the face and tell you that "Uh, this is weird. They're like, you should leave. We can give you an IV if you really want, but. It's right. going to be $3 million. Dollars. It's also going to be seven hours. Oh, yeah. No. You're going to be there forever. Yeah. So, like, I fell yesterday, and I didn't go get checked out, because they were like, do you, are you sure you don't want to? And I was like, no, it's fine. Because I don't want to. I'm not going to go get checked out by Concentra, who don't actually care about right. you at all, um, and wait four hours to do it, to have them be like, mm, yeah, you fell. I know I fell. It's fine. I'll it's, figure out what's wrong with me in a couple of days. It's the same way when people are like, well, w- at what point do I call an ambulance? You don't. No, don't ever. You don't <laughs> call an ambulance. Let me die here. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's on my medical sheet that like, don't call an ambulance. Do not. Do not call an ambulance because we're not doing that game. Mm-mm. Like, So if I pass out, you leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> leave, am I breathing? Then this is fairly run of the mill. Mm-hmm. Like, just let me... Do the thing they need to do, and then I will be back in a second. Yeah. Yep. Like, I have to go be in agony now. I'll be right back. Hold on. But they panic, and they're like... Well, and that that made me think... So you were talking about your new friend being like, oh, well, if you call it a chronic illness, it sounds dire. And you're like, no, it describes exactly what it is, which is a illness that is perpetual. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault it you don't understand chronic, the terminology. Right? Well, I was watching I was watching something about how neurodivergents tend to be more straightforward in their communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas neurotypical people read between the lines of everything but never say what they mean. That makes sense. And so when we speak, they assume we mean something else. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's annoying because I'm like, no, I literally said exactly the words that i needed to communicate to you oh, I hate there's that. nothing in between it that's it here you go mm-hmm. I'm like, don't make me read your mind and you're not going to read mine because i'm going to tell you exactly what well and on. then okay you like read their mind and then what you're gonna be able to put the right sentence together so they read right? between the lines the correct thing yeah like why why so for effort. what purpose just it's, say what you mean communicate it, Jeez. it's the other side of having to like do things for the comfort of other people mm-hmm. or yeah. like having to because then it's like, well, I'm scared because you're behaving this way, and it's yeah. like, okay, cool. You now I'm really uncomfortable. Now I have to, to comfort you and make sure that you know that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm on the floor. Right. Yeah. No, that's exactly how it is. That's like when I fell. It wasn't like a, I need to make sure I'm okay. It was like, nope, I'm good. It's fine. Don't look at me, child. Don't freak out. 
it's okay. Well, the kids usually good. do better anyways, right? The like, kids always do better. Like, even always. my kids, like, I blacked out the other night, like, a couple months ago. Woke yeah. up on the floor. And Sophie came out of her room and was like, you okay? I was like, yeah, just blacked out. And she's like, cool. I went to, <laughs> went to bed. Yeah. Because, and that's the thing, is, like, this is the reason that exposure is so important. Because when people aren't exposed to people who are ill and illness as a whole, it becomes this really foreign thing and people become othered for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're like, this should just be an installation in society that we see and we're like, cool, chronic illnesses exist and we can respect them. Well, but instead I... it's like, oh, if you tell me you're ill, clearly you must be dying. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm not a cat. I'm not going to hide it until I'm like gasping for air. What? But that's and, what they want. But the and the other thing with that is the like it's next time just say you're fine. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't really want to know. But there's also the thing of like and I I saw a thing about this on TikTok recently and I don't know what the actual like research of it is, but yeah. the idea of like neurodivergent people struggling with empathy is like completely the opposite yes. it's neurotypical people that don't know how to do empathy because yes. if you ex- try to explain your situation to a neurotypical person at least in my experience they're like i have never experienced this therefore i have no yeah. idea on right. how they- to even like react to it right Whereas- or they minimize because they're like I've never seen anything that bad, so clearly it can't be that bad. Well, yeah, they try and frame it through their point of view. Exactly. When they don't have one. Right. When you're like, dude, you are missing a ton of the world right Mm. now. Because it's it's tunnel vision. It's like, this is what my experience is, and my experience is the universal experience. Right. And anytime somebody tries to, like, be like, actually, no, I I go through things this way, the cognitive dissonance is too much, Mm -hmm. and they just shut down. Whether that's shutting down and being like you're weird you stay over there or it's like i don't think it's actually that bad because Mm -hmm. you can't really be like relocating your joints all the time because if i dislocated my shoulder i'd have to go to the hospital and it's like exactly nose first into the point like no you fell directly into it and still and still missed it yeah you spoke it from your mouth and then missed the point anyway Hey guys, did you know that Fantastic Pains now has a website? On our website, you can find our shop where we will be opening up for custom t-shirts and orders there. You can also find access to our PayPal, Winky Wink. You can buy us a coffee anytime. We would love that. You can also see some of our blog articles, access to recent episodes and our TikTok and uh, get in contact with us. You can also find a link to our Discord, which is getting updated pretty soon to include new channels and some games. We would also like to thank our producer for setting up the website. Thank you for supporting us and enjoy the rest of the show. Indeed. Thank you. No, it's like when my I had um, our coworker tell me, because that was the time I almost degloved my finger. Oh, yeah, yeah. They... And he was just like, I'm surprised that that hurt you. Like, nothing hurts you. And when I recounted that story, Bamar actually spoke up and she was like, no, everything still hurts you. You're just used to it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt now. It doesn't mean that the pain goes away because you're used to it. You're just used to it. Yep. Well, that's what I have to explain that like, yeah, just because my norm is to shake and seize and not be totally cognizant of it. Doesn't mean that it's just like chill and cool and doesn't isn't scary and isn't like exhausting painful and, and exhausting yeah. like just because it happens a whole lot doesn't mean that it's any easier to mm-hmm. sit and 
like deal with on like even if it's not on a physical level the emotional toll of that happening and the emotional toll of being a sick person especially right. in a world that is just like you you're not sick enough mm-hmm. but also if you are sick enough i don't want to see it right mm-hmm. yeah cool and we've, we've said for years that like people are uncomfortable with other people's pain mm-hmm. it's like there's some empathetic disconnect where and I, I see this more and more with people who have to like normalize their own pain and their own trauma and then with people who haven't experienced any of it so you have two camps you have the camp that experienced it but shut up the whole time and so now they're angry and bitter and they want you to shut up also mm-hmm. because i went through that and i didn't blah 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 so therefore you're fine that's not fair and that's not that's not a logical way to think or a reasonable way to think even but those are the two kind of camps of people that we have to contend with at any given point and it, i think it's harder with the people who are like well i've never experienced anything bad so bad things don't happen in the world yeah it it reminds me a lot of like the the parent thing of being like, well, I went through it and I turned out fine. Yeah. And it's like, you didn't. No, I mean, you look at you. Go to therapy. Yeah. Dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> clearly you didn't turn out fine. <laughs> my guy. <laughs> yeah. But it's the same kind of thing of like, well, but it's, but I went through bad things and therefore, because I handled it. Yeah. I mm. handled it. You should it also. Up. It's be almost able this to like it. jealousy over the fact that we have more access to being out of masking, right? Yes, it's, we have developed just the frustration. We have like generational frustration where we're yeah. like, "I'm not playing stupid games anymore." But they played the stupid games, and now it's like, "Well, I can't access that care because it's too late. I can't access that empathy because it's too late." And so now I'm mad and angry and jealous of your opportunity to access all of that. So we're shutting it down. And like another good example of it is the time that a coworker of ours was like, yeah, the kids said something weird about you being out a lot and like how it's not fair that they're expected to be here, but you're not here. And that was an upsetting thing to hear clearly. And when I got upset, then he was like, "Ugh, why Stop are you that. crying? Why are you upset? I didn't mean to upset. I didn't mean it like that. But oh also God. comfort me because now also, I feel really badly that I hurt you. But also it's all still about me. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. And it's all about my comfort level. And it's yeah. all about my ability to stay inside this weird little bubble of like my own version of reality. Yeah. I feel like that's the other thing with people who are well people or people who are normal, like neurotypical where it's like, I want to stay inside this bubble of my own reality mm-hmm. and anything that is outside the realm of like my realm of reference for what reality is, is bad and weird and other. And you should stay over and there scary. And, and scary. And I don't want to see it yeah. and shut up and don't talk about it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of it. No, it's. And then they just. It's hard because some people, most people won't ask the questions that they need to ask to understand. Yeah. Which is interesting to me because the kids will. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like our students will and they understand what I'm going through at any point and they will tell other students what's going on or I get like super sweet texts from my sweet boy who is like 
miss, if you don't feel good, it's okay if you don't come in today. <laughs> He's like, you should go home if you're not feeling good. Like, that sounds like it sucks. And that's terrible that you have to go through that. I wish and managers like, were like that. Right? What? Yeah, what? because the kids, our population of kids... They have they, a big enough frame of reference and they for understand. Shitty. They understand shitty, yeah. bad, ucky. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. a lot of the people that we work with don't. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird, like... <clears throat> square peg round hole thing rosy glasses in the mix and, yes yeah see i don't understand how that works hmm. how you could have so many people like uh, the adults in the situation be that disconnected from the population oh yeah, oh, yeah. that hurts my brain because <laughs> it's like well part of it is because they and this isn't like a dig on anybody but they're not building deep enough relationships to have kids trust them with that trauma yeah yeah. And so they're not hearing it from the kids. And then they're confused as to why the kids would be telling us. Yes. And I think in their brains, there's part of this like, oh, well, you're like leading them into it or something. You know, when people are like, well, you asked leading questions or something, something along that right. line. But half the time we don't ask any questions. We're like, how are you? Are you doing OK? Is there anything that you need? Tell me what's going on, because today was weird and you're acting a little out of sorts. Are you all right? And then you hear all of the trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like we go digging for it. We're not like, hello, child. Um, instantly tell me everything about you, including your deepest Did fears and traumas. something bad happened to you yeah. at home this weekend? <laughs> yeah. Every weekend? Are your parents beating you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's kind of how it. I feel like it's viewed. And last year we had a lot of people saying that, like, staff are too involved with yeah. the kids and you're like but here's the thing we are oftentimes the very first adult relationships that they have that are positive in any way yeah a lot of the time they've come from places where the adults don't hear them out they don't listen and they don't care what's going on in their world and so they keep it to themselves because they're they're like adults don't care right adults don't care about me so why would i trust them with this really sensitive vulnerable information yeah Wow. What a concept. Yeah. And I I think the other side of, like, the people not understanding and well people not understanding is the, like, solution bombing. Yes. And the, like, if you did this, it would fix it. If you did this, it would fix it. If You just need to drink more water. And it's like, I know I need to drink more water. That is not going to stop my seizing. (laughs) Right. I yeah. promise you, me drinking water right now is just going to yeah. make me choke. But have you tried well, crackers? Right. Well, From what I've read, crackers fix everything. Uh-huh. I was playing the, <laughs> oh the tacky game, so yeah. my heart was doing the yo-yo thing, yeah. and I, our boss walks up to us, because you were with me, yeah. and she goes, have you eaten? You probably need oh to eat. God. That's probably why this is happening. Food is medicine. And I was just like, My no. heart rate's going from 140 to 80. Like this. And then back and forth. So I can't so, really eat right now if you don't want me to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> but you need to eat because that's why that's happening. No, it's not. Well, like you're not aware. God. Like you just, oh, right. yeah, food. Well, I totally I've forgot. I've never tried that before. <laughs> that's the other thing of like, well, have you tried like. I have been living this life for so long. Bet you I've tried it. Because it's it's never anything groundbreaking or novel it's always right. just like have you thought about breathing have you done how do you yoga f- have, you, have you tried some breathing exercises 
Yes. Again, <laughs> breathing, great. I love breathing. Breathing is fantastic. It's not going to stop my body from seizing. Right. right. Yeah. No, I get, um, have you tried yoga? And then I get like, um, what are some of the other ones? Oh, acupuncture. Mm. Everybody wants to tell you that acupuncture will save the day and solve everything. And I'm like, yes, I've done acupuncture and it didn't have any effect at all. I also really don't like having spasms with acupuncture needles in my muscles. Mm. That hurts a lot and I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. But they're like, well, have you tried? Did you try? I have this guy and he has magical like solution pills um, there. It's he might try to get you in on his multi-level marketing scheme, though. So you have to like be pretty firm with him that you really just want the pills and you don't really want to participate. And also like, the pills. No, just green tea. Exactly. It's just green tea in a capsule. Fish oil. And that's it. That's it. And mm -hmm. uh, it's not going to do anything. And it tastes bad. So <laughs> all around it's a loss. Yeah. What are some of the dumb solutions that you've been offered? Um, my favorite one was um, I have EDS, so I I used the keto diet, and it cured my EDS. <laughs> Meat, it's medicine. Meat is medicine. I don't know. No. Jen's mom has tried all sorts of these like radical different pills. Like there were mushroom spores at one point. Oh yeah. And some of those like crazy, just weirdly named ones that are yeah. just full of like gelatin. <laughs> like, oh, They're thank like, you. These magic capsules full of fish oil. Indescript and, thing. Um, 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 Seawater. Um, the tears of some babies. Jordan Sea, like the mud from the Jordan <laughs> River. Uh, Mercury, maybe. <laughs> Heavy metals. Have you tried lead? Dolphins? Those ones really helped. Uh, the just lead. Dolphins. I, just I stopped caring. There's actually really high levels of heavy metal in like pink Himalayan salt. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Like absurdly high levels of lead. There's also high levels of <laughs> lead in some dark chocolates. Yum yum. So that's a fun Delicious. thing that I heard about on a medical podcast I listened to. Mm -hmm. I do you want to know what my favorite my favorite what you should do response has been? Oh, no. Of ever, 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 ever. Picture <laughs> it. I'm seventeen. I'm having a full tilt seizure on a church bathroom floor oh, in the God. church oh, basement God. bathroom. Oh, oh no. And the pastor's wife comes to the bathroom door will not come in because seeing them freaks her out so she's screaming <laughs> she doesn't want to be uncomfortable she's screaming through the bathroom door like it's Pray the gay away. it's literally she's like i think if you if you started praying now and you prayed harder it would stop sooner you have a demon in you and that's why yeah. this is happening and then another church lady comes tried up an and is like hey what's going on and the pastor's wife's like she's just like She's being very dramatic. There's something right going now. on. And she's like, go get her grandma so she can go. What are you talking about? Like, she's having a medical episode. Oh, my God. But, but if you prayed, wrong. it would stop. Yeah. It's just your sin coming out. Yeah. <laughs> you're leaking sin everywhere. Stop it's it. It's gross. At least you're doing it in the bathroom. Right? right? Yeah. That's where you are supposed to release your sin, right? <laughs> That's where I release God. my sin. <laughs> God. Yeah, no, I've heard I've heard all kinds of things. And then people are like, let's lay hands on. And then afterward, <laughs> my favorite one is when they like look at you and they're like, Is it better? So now? Did, did we fix it? And you're like, Mass hysteria no. didn't fix anything. We did it. We healed you. Go Your home. Speaking in tongues did not fix my migraine. Thanks. In fact, my head hurts worse. Mm -hmm. Also, now my soul is dirty and I need to go home and bathe in bleach. <laughs> 
they're all it's just again it's never anything new no it's always the same it's revolutionary like oh maybe you've never tried this before what no i've been alive for a minute well nail they all know things they don't just suspect they know the answer yeah and they're oh, going to yeah. present it to you and it's going to change everything. Yeah. And they're going to be the heroes. Oh, and then they're going to give it to you every time they see you. Mm-hmm. Or anytime you're acting up. is like, oh, remember that solution? Did you ever try that? Because I really think that if you did, it would fix it. Like the guy who was like, stem cells? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> blueprint for collagen broken. Stem cells, no fix it. No. You need a new blueprint. There was a really was big like, push for stem $3, cells. $3,000. And like, then I was like, no. Two and or three years like, ago, there was yeah. just huge push in Denver yeah. for like pain management to be done with stem cells. Oh, like they Jesus. they were making bank. You're like it's magic. And you're like, no, no it's, it's not. not. It's not. No, my first pain management clinic suggested it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Are, are you being serious right now? Would you like to play, pay three grand for this weird thing that is probably not going to have an effect. Mm. And then he tried to get me with the what ifs. That was the thing. He's like, but what if? And then you look at him, we don't deal in what ifs. And I was like, it won't. The end. Mm -hmm. So, no thank you. But what if? What if you're walking away from a possible cure? And I'm like, what if you're not as stupid as you seem? (laughs) I am not looking for a cure. Oh, and when people try to like I hope they find a cure soon. And you're like, <laughs> shut up. People don't even know it exists. Shut up. Right. People don't even believe it's real. Don't tell me that they're going to find a cure for a thing when they're just like, I don't even know if this is medical professionals yeah. telling you they haven't even heard of it. Yes. Yeah. Or medical professionals being like, mm, you're weird. This is a weird presentation of this. And you're like, so is it maybe not that this thing? Because it's <laughs> doesn't present this way in most people. And they're like, but the other options, you're too young. Uh, always, always yeah. age gated out of having any condition. Yep. Well, and that's the thing, like gatekeeping disability. Icky. Stop mm-hmm. that. Like I've had people watch me in my car when I do the placards and just I get the nastiest looks. Or when I was at the airport with the Mar walking with my cane, I get the nastiest looks. Like they're like, I'm old and I don't even have a cane. And you're like, Good for you, Susan. I'm so glad for you. Respect I the need drip, this Karen. Right now. <laughs> Go away. Well, because it's the thing of like, well, you don't look like yeah, it. Exactly. Like you don't look you don't look sick. You don't look sick. You look fine. You don't look like you're on the spectrum because you like have a job and you can make eye contact. And it's like, I've had twenty four years of learning how to pretend to do that. And I, I had I still can't actually do it. I just do it enough to pretend. Mm-hmm. When I worked at a middle school, I had a kid who, like, way on the spectrum, very obvious, but super sarcastic, very funny. Mm. And then I had a mental health professional. No, it wasn't. It was the physical therapist who I was talking to about him. And she goes, he was the sarcasm? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, are you sure he's autistic? And I was like... (sighs) Because the... Go away. the parameters for what qualifies as different aspects of being neurodivergent have all been put together by neurotypical people. <laughs> yep. Yep. The bases and the baselines and all of the studies have been done by neurotypical people. And they're like, 
oh, this is not how I do this, therefore it must be part of it. Mm-hmm. True. And then you have to go get diagnosed by a neurotypical person who's an expert. Well, and if you're an adult, you have to pay, again, like five grand to do so. Mm-hmm. Which is if why... you would like to do so. I don't have a paper diagnosis <clears throat> of being autistic, yeah. but I can tell you for sure that I am based right. on the everything about, like, the everything about me. Right. But then all, the doctors are like... The only way we can actually write this on a piece of paper is if you pay us $5,000. Ungodly amount of money. And also you're going to have to wait 9 to 12 months. Yep. Is that is that something you want to pursue? And it's like, it's gonna I, be 12 years. I might as well go get a degree. <laughs> and then <laughs> I can do it myself. Yeah. I wonder if you could do that. You're like, I went and got a degree and I definitely have this. I'm the expert and I said so. Will that be counted know. as like fishing for your own answer though? I have no idea. Like forcing your answer? Because that's what we do in our community, remember? We're, oh we're just, we pushing talk an people agenda. into getting, yeah. yeah You're pushing that, an agenda. That, was it Emma James? Emma? Yeah, the somebody? article that was like people in, in the yeah. Spoonie group just talk to each other about how to get what they want. Yeah, they t- teach each other how to lie to doctors to get the, the diagnosis they're seeking. And we're like, no. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> But in that vein of things, like when you, because Ruth was also talking about this, when you have to like discard old diagnoses, Mm -hmm. how do you go about doing that with, in regards to the well people? How do you like? You just don't tell the well people. Right. (laughs) You just cut them out completely. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because like, otherwise you look like you're just seeking out answers. But you're, you're like, either you're too fickle, right? Like you're like, oh, it's this. And it's always something new with you. Yes, I hated. There's always something wrong. Why is it always something? I don't know because I'm sick. Because I'm sick and nobody wants to take three seconds to figure out what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And just because you find out what is happening does not mean that I'm not sick anymore. Right. Your illness is really inconvenient, and um, I'm getting kind of bored hearing about it. I'm getting bored. I'm sorry. I'll I'll spice it up a little bit with. Actually, yeah, I'm going to dislocate both my shoulders and spin in circles. Maybe that'll oh entertain God, you. Yes. <laughs> Polar vortex. And yeah. then he's going to pass out. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. I don't see how For you fun. could do that without passing out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But as long as it's entertaining, right? Like, right. you got to keep EDS fresh. As yeah. long as it's cool and fun. For people to watch it. and experience. <laughs> God. Or, or if you, um, you need to keep it to yourself. The ratings yeah. are down. <laughs> oh, shit. EDS's ratings are always down. Yeah, it's the you need to keep it to yourself, but then I don't believe that you have it. Mm-hmm. My favorite response was after my major tacky episode. Where oh, I know what you're going to say. Someone goes, So how do we keep that from happening again? <laughs> and you I was get just rid of like, me. <laughs> fire me, I guess. What? Close your eyes. Like, excuse me, your illness is really disruptive to the environment. Um, how do we keep that from how, happening again? How do we make that not happen again? Rude. I'm like, uh, we don't. She's like, well, is it like your blood sugar? You need to eat more often. And I'm like, no, stop. Stop coming back to the blood sugar because it's not the blood sugar. I swear to God. I will end you all. Because it's outside of what their version of reality is. Yeah. So they're just like. Well, here are the things that help me when I don't feel good. And it's like your version of not feeling good and my version of not feeling good, two wildly different things. Because by your standards, I never feel good. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't. 
but also like it has to be relative or i lay in bed all day and don't do anything it's it's like the talk about anxiety baselines mm-hmm. of like yes if my baseline for being anxious is a seven but a seven for neurotypical people would be total full tilt spiraling right like, yes, you're not going to totally understand it because mm-hmm. you have no frame of reference for, like, how bad and shitty it is. Yeah. Yeah. But then the response to that is always like, well, but I just, I don't know. It's like, I'm going to say a thing here and this might be a thing or it might make people angry. It's like toxic chiropractor culture. Yeah. That's that's always where I get the, like, worst advice is, like, we're... Either A, a chiropractor says it directly to me, or B, someone is talking about the things their chiropractor told them. And they're like, well, doctors don't want you to know, but well, chiropractors have the secret and they could blah, 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 We blah, grew blah, up blah, in blah. a toxic chiropractic situation yes. where like, all doctors were replaced, replaced by oh chiropractors who never saw you or just talked about you third hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we'd always be, oh, we, we need to get you in to see so-and-so because oh no, I, this is actually a thing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I actually have the flu. You're not going to fix me. Like, I right? don't think the chiropractor is going to do anything for your bleeding stomach ulcers. <laughs> or my broken kneecap. It was suggested though. I believe it. It was suggested. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> oh my God. But that's the thing. Like when it is truly physical and this, I did experience this with, so the, the new, I have a new like google aha moment where so i was looking into why like the trigger points are so impactful and we learned i want to see if it's open it might be might not be um where the heck is it man okay so symphysis pubis dislocation um And that is absolutely what's happening in my pelvis. And it makes perfect sense. And I'm following all of these dots. And it's not just like we shuffle from one thing to another. It's like you literally have to go on the hunt. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's for years. Like sometimes you're like, I'm going to run with this one, but it doesn't quite fill all the criteria. And then you find a new one and you're like, ah, that's much better. Right. And then you move on and you move on to that one. (laughs) Well, it also doesn't help that some diagnoses are Throwaway diagnoses. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia. And also, I was told for years that I, it was, uh, oh my God, what's it called? Panic attacks? No, not that it's like that it's a. Oh, oh, uh, conversion. Conversion syndrome. Which turns out is that just means we don't know. That literal, like the the, the literal means, means we don't know, and we think it's in your head. Well, yes. it's, we don't know, and we're not going to try. Yeah. We don't know, we're not going to try. And even like my neurological diagnosis right now is like non-specific shaking, because <laughs> they don't know that it's non-epileptic, so, but they don't know. They could read it and interpret it as maybe you just have the rhythm in you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just super groovy. Right. I mean, I kind of like that. (laughs) But, like, on my documentation to do this time off, it's, like, non-specific spasming. Unspecified. Like. And, like. (laughs) Non-epileptic seizures. That's what's happening. And there are so many. I just found out because I was talking to the EMU nurse that, like, there's a pretty recently discovered thing that's cardiac syncope that can cause seizure-like activity it's like a specific branch of cardiac syncope of like if you have really bad tachycardia 
sometimes it like has to do with tachycardia plus like especially if you have troubles with like the autonomic system Mm -hmm. those things can come together and you can have seizure-like activity well it makes sense too because like we will hit points where something is happening happening in the body and we know that like spasming is starting we get like these spasm storms and for me like i know if i get up and i give the body a job it's less impactful but it's that same like your body is trying to regulate so hard mm-hmm. that it's freaking out it's almost overcorrecting yes yeah cuz it's like i don't know it's it's like shock basically like how shock is an overcorrection of something and the body's like oh we have all this adrenaline and we don't know what to do with it and here you go yeah have fun because i dump adrenaline because when i went and got labs done i don't know if i told you this mm-hmm. but when i went and got labs done they were like your cortisol levels are way too high mm-hmm. so maybe you have cushings so then they checked to see if the cortisol producing hormone was what was messed up but it wasn't so they were like okay it's not cushings then and i was like what but my cortisol levels are still really really high so yeah. what do we do about that and they were like eh. <laughs> it's because you're anxious it's because you're anxious we don't know right but- Great, but my cortisol levels, like, high cortisol levels can cause seizure-like activity and spasms. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a line there that we should be connecting. And the doctor was like, "Eh, but you're young. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also having seizures. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like when I saw my pain doctor and she backtracked from putting me on the low-dose naltrexone. Right, yeah. Because she was, and this is what bothers me. So I think I figured out the magic search term, right? And I think I know what it is now. And it's absolutely a physical problem. She keeps going back to, well, I think the abdominal stuff is systemic, which really what she's saying is, I think it's due to your trauma. Mm -hmm. When I'm like, but they won't treat beyond that because they don't know what it is. And so they're like, it must be your trauma and you should do therapy. And I'm like, I've been in therapy. I've done therapy for years, in fact. I can talk circles around with my therapists and then they're like, well, this was productive. Bye. Mm-hmm. Glad we cured uh, you. Yeah, we did great, didn't we? But then it's always blamed on like, oh, it's systemic. Like it's it's your body holding on to the trauma, which does happen. Absolutely. That happens. But when it's something that you're like, no, this is a real physical thing that is hurting me and causing distress and you want to come back to it's because someone abused you when you were young. You're like, no. That's, I mean, that's part of the reason that I started the CPT therapy with my therapist. But even before we started it, he was like, I'm going to be real with you. This is not the way it typically presents in people. Mm -hmm. Like I have, I've been in the game for long enough to see a lot of different patients. And I've never had a patient that has these seizing episodes because strictly because of trauma. I'm sure your trauma does not help the anxiety part of it. But like before we met, they were labeled as panic attacks. Yes. Like, they literally, they were calling the seizures panic attacks. And then, I don't know, I got in there and was like, Summer, these are not panic attacks. <laughs> and I had been saying that for years, but nobody listened to me until I knew the right way to say it. Right. Because you say, no, I don't think that's what it is. And they're like, no, but the right. doctor said it was. Yeah. Great. The same doctor that had me on Xanax at 15? Which is a horrible Sick. idea. Which is a terrible bad idea and also messes up your brain chemistry. And your metabolism <laughs> and your everything. Everything, yeah. Yeah. And your ability to self-regulate. 
Like, just because I was just stop. a zombie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a zombie for like four years, and then they were like, why are you still shaking? And I was like, <laughs> I can't feel mm-hmm. anything. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. I just, it's hard to get through that because they don't get it. And it is. It's like well people gatekeeping disability, disabled people gatekeeping disability, doctors gatekeeping disability, our therapists gatekeeping like disability. Um, who was it? I saw. I think it was the pain doctor who said the word disability, but then back backtrack. Like yeah, yeah. like hard too. She's like, but I mean, it's not. But I mean, you like. You live with it, so it's a, uh, it's a, uh, I was like, no, it's a disability, it's a disorder, it's a condition, it's all of those things. Mm-hmm. Why would I be afraid or, uh, like, ashamed of hearing that? This is normal well, that's, stuff. That That's why anytime I, in passing to the wrong people, refer to myself as disabled. Mm-hmm. People are like, no, but no, you can- No, you're not disabled. You know who gets to decide? Not you guys. Like, you guys don't get to tell me that it's not enough of a... Th- because it's always like, well, but you you do enough. You're functional you enough. enough. Yeah. Right. You have a job. You barely function, but you're functioning. You pay your rent. Great. I'm still disabled. disabled. Mm-hmm. And that's... Fu- it's not a mean, dirty word. Right. Well, and I think that's the big one is people are like super skittish about using it and then they get skittish about other people using it because they feel like it's like it's a bad thing but it's like it's like when when somebody asks you to you're not white karina oh my god that was funny did i tell you about that yeah oh that was great but it's the same kind of thing of like no but i can if it's coming from me i'm allowed to like we had to do a thing at work where we had to describe ourselves in three words and yeah I was like, strange and whatever, whatever. And somebody was like, you are strange. And I was like, great, cool. And then they were like, well, but I don't mean. Uh, Yeah. Don't couch. I'm weird. It's fine. If you're going to commit to calling me weird, first of all, commit. Second of all, shut up. Like, (laughs) either do or don't. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, and all of this, I feel like stems from the lack of exposure to diverse needs and the like i don't know it's almost like people shelter their children from disability mm-hmm. right they're like oh don't look don't stare because curiosity is curbed right from a very young age and they're like don't talk about that's so it so weird too don't, like don't look at them honestly if a don't... little kid came up to me and was like what's up with you it'd be like oh it's yeah, this i'm gonna explain it yeah yeah well, and our kids, half of them are like, oh, I won't say anything. And half of them are like, what happened to you? And I'm like, oh, it's this. And they're like, that sucks. And I'm like, yes, yep. it does. And then you move on. But if we are constantly cutting off that curiosity, then they're not learning about it. But they're also learning to fear it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And less. You're building the- a stigma. Exactly. Which I think that like this current generation of kids coming up, is I think is dismantling that is dismantling that a little bit and I mean it's the same thing as being a queer person Mm -hmm. and for years and years and years nobody don't say it don't look at anybody don't talk about it you can't I don't don't tell I don't care if you're whatever but don't do it in front yeah great all you're doing is perpetuating what is already shit bad terrible right for the sake of 
your own comfort, mm-hmm. but it's like it's weird that it makes you uncomfortable. Why do you care? Right. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's like you are so uncomfortable about the idea of people with disabilities existing and being in the world and like having lives. Why do you care that much? It's it's a thing of like, well, but you get special treatment and you get this. And, and I it's feel like, like part of it is like, I almost wonder if it makes them face their own mortality in a way. Hmm. Oh, for sure it and does. And that mm-hmm. is an uncomfortable thought. Reminder that you're they, not always healthy. Yeah, because kind of yeah. they have an able body right now. And so if they have to see us, then that's uncomfortable. Because like I make oh you uncomfortable. whatever whatever all the time oh cool <laughs> just making sure other other it's things, okay though. with me that you're disabled just don't do it in front of me yeah if you could stop having EDS in front of me <laughs> what please. now Kay <laughs> gang signs <laughs> but it it, it is <laughs> it is that because then there's that fear of like well what if I develop a thing mm-hmm. and what if I become yeah what whatever it like disabled or sick yeah. or whatever it is and it's it well, makes it makes you have to realize, like, would I be able to keep working? Would I yeah. be able to keep doing all of these things? Mm-hmm. And it's like this weird, it's like a two-sided jealousy shame thing of, like... Yeah. Some kind I, of backwards-ass competition. Yes, because mm-hmm. everything is a competition, and everything is... you're. It's always being stacked up against... Like, yourself. Well, if right. if I was in your situation, but you're not. I would just. Exactly. I would just. I would just. And you're well, like, that's Shut that's up. why I had the kids early this year. We watched the the episode of Mash where they all have to share a tent mm-hmm. because we're in crisis mode. And I had them do a full like discussion and essay on like what happens when thing go things go sideways. You think you will respond like this? How do yeah. you actually respond? Mm-hmm. And I had them like do a comparison thing, and they were like, oh, like. This is why you can't tell people how you and I'm exactly yeah. because you don't know. Right. You don't know what you would do in somebody else's situation. Right. It's like criticizing people coming out of trauma or leaving abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I don't know why you stayed so long. And you're like, right, you don't. So sit down. <laughs> you don't get to tell people how they should have done whatever differently when they are the ones in the circumstances. I don't know. But I mean, we see it too with mental illness where people have this idea about like, oh, well, everyone's depressed or like everyone is anxious these days. They're just, they it's overdiagnosed and you can't just blame everything on your anxiety. And so people see it as a cop out and not mm-hmm. as a life affecting condition. Like I was, I was talking to my mom on the phone when I was in the grocery store and I was like, can't believe they did this and she was like what and i was like they changed the my tomato sauce that i get they changed the packaging and i know it's the same sauce but like what if it's not the same sauce and i was like this is the autism this is the entire like my autism button is getting hit in a really bad way and she was like oh i do that and i was like (laughs) do you know that it's a genetic thing mom and of course you have autism like obviously (laughs) and like i've not like of course and Oh my god, I read an article yeah. about like people's dads now realizing that they're autistic because their kids are coming out autistic and they're like, "Oh. Oh that no. Explain some things. <laughs> I'm autistic." Yeah. yeah. I shouldn't just have 87 different books on World War 1 <laughs> and that's all I talk about. Yeah. It's it's that and then I watch a bunch of like Pawn Stars and that's all that's all I experience. Oh, I think Topher might be. <laughs> <laughs> His his uh 
hundred plus dinosaur collection. They all have names. Oh, of course, of course. And he made my sister learn them before he would marry her. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, that's, that's dedication. Yeah, it's fantastic. I might be autism. <laughs> <laughs> might be. You never know. You might. Yeah. It's like the you might be if blank. Yeah. Uh-huh. If blank, then you might be. Yeah. You look a little fady. Oh, I'm very fady. Are you wanting to take a break? I don't know. And then we can come back and do media perspectives? Probably. Yeah? Probably. Probably. Run the AC and get a snack. Yeah. yeah. Snack was probably a good idea. I'm also starting to shake, so fun. we'll see what the result of that's going to be as well. We can also okay. call it. It's up to you. Are you, like, that done? I'm burned. Okay. I don't know why. It just hit me hard. That's okay. We can do short episode. It's not short. Maybe an hour long. Okay. I've been monitoring. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't want to started. do a short episode. That's fine though. But I get you. Yeah. No, but I really like. I think the conversation is valuable. Oh yeah. There's a lot that can go into it, and and I think representation in media could be. It's a whole other. Yeah. That's can like of a worms. sit down. Yeah. That yeah. might be a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Then I think we're gonna call it. So that our friends can fall apart. <laughs> so that we can all respectively fall to pieces. It's time to stop being humans and puddle. I'm going to go yeah. take a nap. Puddle time. <laughs> yeah. I might also go take a nap. I don't know what I want yet. I'm going to not take a nap. Like I said, I'm like all I'm dysregulated because I am trying not to take a nap. It's kind of like a nap. Yeah. It's like a tiny nap. It's a quick nap. It's and also very sweaty. sudden nap. <laughs> yes. You wake up sweaty. Great. Those are the worst naps. I don't like those ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, though. Thank you all so much for following (laughs) along and joining us today. It was a really good conversation, and I appreciate you being here, Summer and Kaylee. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. Your input is very valuable, and I like having more voices when we dive into stuff like this. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many perspectives and things we could say. So we could go on forever, but it is time. So... You're going to look at me. Yeah. Oh. I guess since we're not doing the mid-roll, we have to do both the end I know. The I'm like, hmm. Take your meds. Hmm. Be oh, kind yeah. to others. <laughs> Mix it up. Get it intertwined. Take your two. others. Be kind to meds. <laughs> and we'll see you never. Oh. oh. That's grim. <laughs> and then it's the end. <laughs> That's <laughs> the end. It just goes to black. This is the last episode. Great. All right. Fun. Thanks for coming along. We really appreciate you being here. Um, like, share, subscribe if you have not already. Mm-hmm. Um, word of mouth is awesome. We appreciate you guys for that. And leave us a comment or join the Discord. So, on that note, we're going to call it a day. So be kind to you. Be kind to others. And we will see you in the next one. Bye. 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 So that's that. Yeah. Yeah, We did a thing.